Turn please to two openings. They'll put it on the screen for us as well. Nehemiah, the eighth chapter. And then also 1 Peter, the first chapter. We begin a series a few weeks ago. We're calling the joy of faith. The joy of faith. And we ended last week on uh, a part of this, and we were very excited. Do you remember that? We were, woo! You don't remember. We were very excited. <laughs> um, and let's, let's look at our texts, and we'll pick up kind of where we left off and move forward. We, uh, Nehemiah, the eighth chapter, the people of God had backslidden. They had gotten away from God, gotten away from His Word, and at this point, under the leadership of Nehemiah, they were getting back to God. And on this occasion, they stood and read from the Word of God for hours and hours, uh, and then uh, the priest got up and explained what the Word meant and how to apply it for, I don't know, over half a day all this was happening. And uh, it would make our services look very short, I'll tell you that. <laughs> In Nehemiah 8 9, Nehemiah, which is the Teshatha, and Ezra the priest, the scribe, and the Levites taught the people, and they said to the people, This day is holy to the Lord your God, mourn not nor weep. For all the people wept when they heard the words of the law, because they realized how far off they had gotten. You know, um, receiving the Word of God on a, on a regular basis is cumulative. We need it. That's one of the reasons why I emphasize to you reading the chapter every day, uh, that coupled with being in the services and in the meetings. It has a cumulative effect. What it does, it shapes your thinking. And it shapes your perception, how you see things and how you hear things and forming your beliefs. And instead of being conformed to the world's way of seeing and thinking and believing and talking, you're renewed and you're transformed and you become very, very different to the world around you. You just don't see it the same way and you don't think the same way and you don't believe the same way and you don't talk the same way and act the same way and live the same way. And uh, that doesn't happen just with one service or reading one chapter. It's cumulative over day in, day out, week in, week out. In fact, while I was preparing today, I was just quickened in my spirit. I just I saw it by faith that there would be people that's in this service right now, different ones, some 10 years from now, some 20 years from now, some 30 years from now. There'd be life-changing things happen in their life because of word that was sown during this time. That's how it works. It gets in you. And you might not even notice anything ground shaking at the moment, but it is an incorruptible seed. 
that never dies. And if you receive it, it's planted in your spirit and begins to put roots down in you and begins to grow up in you. And over a period of days and months and years, you know, something will come up and the Lord knew it. That's why he gave you that word 20 years ago. That's why he put that in you 30 and 40 years ago. He knew what was coming down the road. And by the time you get there, your thinking and your believing will have been changed so much that instead of you being overcome, you will overcome. Hallelujah. Instead of you saying that's too big, we can't do that, your faith and vision will be there where you'll say, yes, God can do this. This is easy for him. And you'll believe it and step up and step out and you'll have miracles in your life. (laughs) And you may not recognize it at the time, but it traces back to a time just like this. When you were sitting in here. And we weren't running the aisles or anything. But that word. Oh that living word. That anointed word. Hallelujah. Jesus said heaven and earth will pass away. But my word will never pass away. He said in Isaiah. In fact just put it up on the screen. Isaiah 55. You know it but let's look at it. Isaiah 55. And 10. He said, as the rain comes down and the snow from heaven and returns not there but waters the earth and makes it bring forth in bud that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. Verse 11. So shall my word be that goes forth out of my mouth. Now when the rain falls, when it touches the ground, branches and trees and plants don't just jump up And fruit pop out. Right? In fact, if it's an acorn, you could be talking about decades before that becomes the full mighty oak that it's going to become. But what brought it to life was that rain that came down and it was in the ground and it quickened it. It began to unfold and produce. That's where the Word of God is. I think too many times, being creatures of such small time on the planet, and, and our, we really are young, 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 young beings. When the, the Lord refers to us as His little children, it's not a figure of speech. We really are His little, little, little kids. Even the oldest, most mature among us are little kids to him. We just haven't been around that long. Compared to him? (laughs) Well, think about it. How does a hundred-year-old look at a two-year-old? Well, that don't even begin to compare the spread between us and him. But uh, his things, one of the things that's so amazing about him in the Word, if you look He'll say something. Generations will come and go. Kingdoms will rise and fall. And 3,000 years will pass. And then it comes to pass. His patience is amazing. But his whole kingdom works on this principle of seed time and harvest. First the 
the planting of the seed, then the blade, then the ear, then the full corn in the ear. He said, that's how the kingdom works. Somebody said, well, I, I don't have 3,000 years. He knows that. <laughs> he knows that. But a lot of times you have longer than you think. Oh, but it's, uh, it's why the enemy works so craftily to sever people from the ministries and churches and believers that they're supposed to be around. People get offended. They get their feelings hurt. Uh, maybe they weren't acknowledged the way they thought they should have been. Maybe they weren't appreciated the way they thought they should have been, whatever. They were so excited when the Lord connected them. But for whatever reason, they left and quit. And they don't realize now what they haven't been getting. And if you're not in church and you're not around the Word and you're not around people of faith that are being fed, you don't realize because it happens gradually. But just like if you're in the Word all the time, your thinking and believing is being changed and being conformed. If you're not, it's becoming more and more worldly. And you sit around, watch TV all the time and, and read ungodly books and listen to ungodly stuff and have conversations with people that are not believers. It's very subtle. It doesn't happen overnight or even in three or four weeks. But what will happen over a period of time is you think just like the ungodly. And your faith is not there. It is so important that when the Lord joins us to different parts of the body of Christ, different church or a ministry or, or believers or ministries or faith buddies, or are you all with me? We need that continuous supply. We need the washing of the water of the word over our minds because it is, all you got to do to get contaminated is to wake up and step out into this messed up world. There are many voices and they all got something to say and most of it is contradicting God and out to rob you of your faith, rob you of your vision. Friend, stay hooked where God put you. And can keep that word coming in. Keep that continuous inflow. It's expanding your vision. It's feeding your faith. It's making you strong. And you don't see that all in three days. Or three weeks. You won't see it all in three years. Oh but if you'll stay with it. Phyllis and I have been on this journey now. For about 40 years. And oh I, I can see exactly when it started. Exactly. Back in the 70's. In that little mobile home, sitting on that genuine imitation leather couch, that plastic couch with the red shag carpet, we got, what are you laughing about? Did I say it was the 70s? We got a hold of tapes by the Copelands and the Savelles and the Hagens and, and the Caps and different ones. And looking back, I didn't realize it. But the Lord couldn't even talk to us about going to Ramah, our ministry, much less all the things he was going to tell us to do and how much that was going to cost and what that was going to do. He couldn't talk to us about that. We just fainted and fell out. We thought, what? <laughs> no way. That would have been the only thing we'd have said. No way. Us? No way. But what he was doing, 
He was putting something in us. And it was a seed. And some of it's just coming up now. 30 and 40 years later. Some of it's just coming up now. Oh, somebody say, thank God, thank God for the precious seed of the Word of God, the living Word of the living God. That Word is quick and powerful. Hallelujah. It divides asunder spirit and soul and joint and marrow. It's a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Hallelujah. It'll make you alive. It'll change you inside out. It'll take nothing and make something out of it. So all I'm saying is don't quit. Stay with it. Don't put a short time frame on this thing. We're in this for the duration. And don't let anything. It's like what the Lord said about man and woman that God. What God has joined together. Don't let any man, any devil, any hurt feeling, any temper fit. Come on, are you listening to me? Don't let anything separate you from what God has joined you to. Why? Because it can spell your destruction. The enemy's motive is to separate and destroy. Cut you off from the flock and you get weaker and weaker and weaker and then hit you with both barrels. And most people just perish. There's protection. Being where God puts you. Getting fed on a regular basis. Staying built up. What you want to do is keep the devil waiting. He's waiting for you to get weaker. And oops, this week you got stronger. (laughs) And so he keeps waiting for you to get weaker. But next month you're stronger than you were last month. And you just keep keep him waiting. Keep him waiting for the next 50 and 75 years until you finish your race. And when you're coursing, you go, I'm leaving too late. I'm out of here. (laughs) Kept you waiting, didn't I? Yep, that's too late. I'm gone. (laughs) The wiser one is in us. The greater one, the smarter one is inside of us. Oh, hallelujah. He said, so shall my word be that goes forth out of my mouth. It will not return to me void. It shall accomplish that which I please. It shall prosper in the thing whereunto I sent it. Hallelujah. Look at the very next verse. For you shall go out with joy. That's what the word does to you. Quickens you. Be led forth with peace. Mountains and the hills will break forth before you into singing. And the trees of the field shall clap their hands. God is so amazing. His word is so amazing. Vegetation starts singing. We're going to see it. All creation will praise him. Remember Jesus said that when they rebuked those for crying. He said if these held their peace the rocks would cry. Well God made it all. It's all his creation. It's affected by the curse. We really have little idea what it's going to be like. The new heavens and new earth. I've never heard grass sing. (laughs) Never seen flowers that never wilt. Wow, what a future we have to look forward to. Glory to God. Turn with me to 1 Peter. We'll see if we can finish our text. 1 Peter 1. 
That's all right. That was good too. Don't you think that's important too? First Peter 1. There's something more important than your feelings. It's the plan of God. Don't let your little temporary, little hurt feelings, whatever that, don't let it cause you to jump out of where God puts you and mess up the plan. Don't do that. Get over it. <laughs> Grow up. Be strong. Is that right? Make up your mind. I'm not going to let the devil run me out of where God put me. I'll do whatever I need to do. In 1 Peter 1 and 5, he says, you're kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time, wherein you greatly rejoice. Everybody say, greatly rejoice. Now, rejoice is good. But greatly is more volume and more of it. Right? Someone say greatly rejoice. Greatly rejoice. Now we've been talking about joy and rejoicing and being glad. And uh, Jesus told us that we must become converted and become like little children. Well, little children... Unless they're taught differently or something coerces them, it's the most natural thing for them to laugh and sing and shout and squeal and dance. All you got to do is play some music. Am I telling the truth? Just play some music and they start moving. They don't care what it looks like or what you think. It's music. You dance. They're probably wondering, why aren't you dancing? And it's a very good question. It's a very good question. We had to change somewhere along the way and get stuffy. At some point in our life, we suppressed that. We suppressed it. We're not supposed to suppress it. We're supposed to be quick to believe and quick to expect And that's going to give you expectation. That expectation is going to give you joy. So quick to be joyful, quick to laugh, quick to shout, quick to praise, quick to celebrate, quick to dance, quick to rejoice. And the Lord told us, didn't he? Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Did you understand that's connected with he always causes us to triumph? Always rejoicing and always winning go together. I said they go together. Why did the Lord tell us in everything give thanks? Give praise to him continually. Fruit of your lips giving thanks to his name Uh, Why did he say rejoice evermore? I mean over and over and over we're told to rejoice, be glad all the time. Now millions of believers are ignoring this. Just like it's not even in the Bible. Rejoice evermore. Always. Did he say it or not? Uh, I'm seeing interesting looks across the the crowd. (laughs) Put up on the screen, let's, uh, let's get this established. Philippians 4.4. 4. 
Philippians 4.4 is New Testament. What does it say? Rejoice Rejoice in the Lord. At least a couple of times a week. Huh? Don't go too many months without rejoicing. Do what? Do what? Always. And again, in case you didn't get it, I said, (laughs) what did he say? I said, rejoice in the Lord all the time. They say, what? What did he say? I said, rejoice all the time. Rejoice. Say it out loud. Rejoice all the time. All the time. Rejoice. Now you will be tempted not to do that. But why wouldn't you do it? Why wouldn't we do that? Okay. (laughs) Romans 12, 12 says rejoicing in hope. That's why we're rejoicing is because of expectation of good. Well, then why wouldn't you be rejoicing? Because you're not expecting any good. You're expecting bad. You're sad because you're expecting bad. You're glad because you're expecting good. 1 Thessalonians 5.16 1 Thessalonians 5.16 says, Rejoice evermore. Young's literal says, Always rejoice. NIV says, Be joyful always. Should we take this seriously? Yes. How often is always? Should you get up rejoicing, rejoice all through the day, go to bed rejoicing, should you? Should we? Why aren't we? (laughs) Why don't we do it? Psalm 34.1. Psalm 34.1. I will. It's an act of your will. It's a choice. Not based on how you feel, but a choice, an act of your will. Somebody say, it's not based on how I feel. It's an act of will. Come on, say it again. It's not based on how I feel. He didn't say rejoice when you feel like it. You're not always going to feel like rejoicing. And yet he told us to rejoice all the time. So that means we're going to be rejoicing At times we don't feel like rejoicing. Well, why did he say do it? Because it's key to accessing strength. The times you least feel like it are the times you most need to do it because the joy of the Lord is our strength. And when we're feeling the most weary and we're feeling the least glad, the least joyful, it indicates we are weak. And getting weaker. We need strength. And it is the simplest way. To access. The greater one inside us. All the strength. We could ever use and need. Is already on the inside. All we got to do. Is access it. Plug in. And the Bible says. To be carnally minded. Is death. 
But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. The Spirit of God can quicken you inside and out. But it's not independent of us. We need to do what he told us to access it. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. It's not just a mindless, useless habit. It is a way of accessing strength from the Holy Spirit to the inner man, which can quicken the mind, the emotions, and the body. But what do many people do? What do the scriptures say? Let the weak say, well, if you're strong, should that make you depressed or glad? Glad. Make you glad. But what do most people do? If they're weak, what would they say? I just feel so weak today. Y'all pray for me. Well, if you don't change that, it won't do us much good to pray for you. I'm serious. Because the, the, the Spirit of God can be trying to minister something to you. But remember the Lord said, your words have been stout against me. If he says, you're strong, and you say, no, I'm sorry I'm not. I just feel so weak. Well, that's how you feel. Do you want it to change or you want to stay with this? I just feel so weak. All of us have felt weak at times. But let the weak say, I, I need to be. I've got to be. What's your language? Man, I've got to get better. That won't help you at all. There's zero faith in that. I desperately need some money. There's zero faith in that. You needing something, that's not going to help you at all. Y'all with me, friends? Watch your words. We've got to get this. That's not going to help you at all. Faith calls those things that be not as though they were. I call all my bills paid. I call my body strong. If you believe that, what do you do? Lay down and cry? No. If you believe that, you rejoice. And if you rejoice because you believe it, strength begins to come up in you. And maybe you didn't feel like rejoicing when you started, but it won't be long until you begin to feel stronger and better. And that makes you want to do it all the more. There are so many reasons. I'm sure we don't know the half of them. Why the Lord told us. Uh, Now, kiddies. Because to him, little ones, here's what I want you to do. I want you to rejoice and praise me in the morning and be glad and rejoice in the middle of the day and be glad and rejoice and give thanks and praise me at nighttime. Praise and rejoice all the time, little ones. Why? It's so simple. It opens the door for a flow of continuous strength and help in our life. Do you believe it or not? It's not just a religious thing. It's not just a mindless habit. It's 
setting spiritual laws and forces into motion. Joy is a force. It's a life force. It's the spirit of life that raised Jesus from the dead and will also quicken your mortal body by its spirit, his spirit that dwells in you. Oh, I'm getting excited talking about it right now. I'm telling you, there just is no reason for you and I to drag around weak and depleted when we've got this kind of dynamo on the inside of us. <laughs> well, I wish you'd help me. Well, he wishes you would listen to the word and do what he told you to do. I just can't do anything. Yeah, and you won't be able to either. I'm just so weak. I can't, I can't, I can't. Well, you can't. Like my mama told us, can't never could do anything. <laughs> the scripture says I can do all things through Christ. Come on, how? What? Who strengthens me? What is our strength? The joy of the Lord is our strength. So help me out, saints. If you feel a little draggy tomorrow afternoon, what should it trigger in you? Oh, thank you, Jesus. Oh, praise you, Lord. I've got the victory. Oh, praise you, Jesus. Oh, thank you, Lord. I've got the victory. Don't even have to sing it loud. You can sing the same phrase, three words. Think of some of the greatest songs we have. Oh, the blood of Jesus. Then what do we sing? Oh, the blood of Jesus. Then what do we sing? Oh, the blood of Jesus. Oh, the blood of Jesus. Five words. Then you change it. It washes white as snow. Then what do you do? You go back. Oh, the blood. Anointed song. Great song. It doesn't have to be some kind of elaborate big thing. But it has to be come from your heart. You genuinely love God. You genuinely want to praise Him. Right? You don't have to feel like it at all. In fact, when you least feel like it, it's when you most need to do it. People say, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? What are we going to do? Do not join them. Get off to yourself if you need to and go, God is working this out. God is working this out. Ooh, God is working. God is working. God is working this out. Yay, God, go God. Yay, God, go God. Yay, God is working this out. Working this out. Working this out. It will put a quickening in you. Come on, can you see this? Because you're not, you're not doing this based on anything you see or understand. This is total faith. And when you step out by faith and words release faith, when you begin to praise him, when you've got no reason in the natural, you begin to praise him, you tap into the spirit of God inside you. The strength of God. And it gives God a right to quicken you. 
And, and, and next thing you know, people are crying, but you feel like laughing. You may have to go outside. So you can laugh like you feel like. That's how you get miracles. Remember when they came in to, uh, was it Jairus' house? And he told them, quit that. Quit that mourning. Quit that crying. If you want a miracle, you, there's situations, you've got to quit crying. You've got to quit carrying on like that. Why? That's death. The sorrow of the world works death. I will bless the Lord at all times. Rejoice evermore. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Rejoice in the Lord always. Somebody said out loud, that's what I do. That's, that's what I do. Go with me to Genesis 45. Genesis 45. See, some of you still wanting to sing that little song. Why? That's good. Your spirit responds to that. Man, it just soaks it up like a sponge with water. It responds to that. And, and what you have to do is push past the crustiness of the flesh. Because your flesh, if you yield to your flesh, it'll say, I don't feel like it. I just don't. And if you're real fleshy, you'll go, Okay, flesh. I won't push you. Well, I don't, because I, I don't. I just don't. Leave me alone. This is how you are defeated. What's happening right now in the middle, you're getting weaker by the minute. Depression drains. You can be in a good service. You can be in a good meeting and get built up and go home, get on the phone or get in an argument with somebody, get mad, get miffed, get hurt and go sulk. And it's just like pulling the plug on the, on the tub. Strength will just run out of you like water down a drain. And it won't take you any length of time. You'll just be laying there completely hopeless completely defeated and if you do whether it's me or you it's our own fault we should have never got in that shape what we should what should we have done we got an issue we got a need we didn't know we we're going to have to deal with somebody's acting crazy we got to deal with that what do you do time to rejoice Somebody say, time to rejoice. Time to rejoice. We can talk code if you're around unbelievers. TTR. What do we do now? TTR. Time to rejoice. Time to rejoice. When is a good time to rejoice? Well, actually, all the time. But especially when you need some strength. When you know you need some strength is when you need to step it up. Time to rejoice. I'm telling you, this word's going to come back to you. It's going to grow in you. It's going to develop in you. And something's going to come up. And it's going to look like there's no way. It's going to look like dark. And it's just going to ring in your ears. TTR. TTR. I know what to do. I know what to do on this. Come on, get it in gear. None 
Of these things move me. Oh, none of these things move me. I got the greater one inside. In his love and power I abide. None of these things move me. Come on, everybody. Say none of these things move me. Oh, none of these things move me. I got the greater one inside. In his power I abide. None of these things move me. (laughs) Isn't that better than wasting Kleenexes and laying in the bed and feeling so? Come on, feeling so. Isn't that better? Isn't that better? Yeah, much better. Much. Life and death, light and day, difference. Genesis 45, 26. Jacob, you know, his boys had sold Joseph as a slave. And then they brought these animal skins and showed him and they said, you know, looks like a lion got him or something. And based on the evidence, he believed it. Well, it's dangerous to walk by sight. That's right. And he grieved over his son for years when his son is not dead. That's what walking by sight will do for you. Just because you hear something doesn't mean it's true. Right? Right? Don't, don't be quick. I mean, when the Bible tells you something, you believe that immediately. That's true. But outside of that, check it out. Don't be quick to just swallow something because somebody said it. And you know how his sons had to go into Egypt because of the famine and to get bread. And on the second time, he revealed to them who he was. And he said, is my daddy still alive? And they said, yeah. He said, go tell him. Come, I'll take care of you through the famine. So they came. And they said, Joseph is still alive. And he's governor over all the land of Egypt. Now that's something to believe. Not only is he not dead. He's been believing he's dead for all these years. Not only is he not dead. He's governor of Egypt. (laughs) Number two man in the whole country. And Jacob's heart did what? What? Why? Why did his heart faint? Did he rejoice? Did he go, whoo, glory to God. Thank you. No, no, uh uh-uh. He didn't rejoice because he didn't believe. Somebody say he didn't rejoice. Because he didn't believe. We didn't finish reading our text, but this would be a good time to read it. Let me just read it. Uh, First Peter. You you stay there in, in Genesis. We're not quite through. But in First uh, Peter, he said that. We read part of it, didn't we? Then we got carried away on something. Which happens frequently around here. Which uh, we're not sad. Is that right? We're, we're rejoicing? We're glad? <laughs> Sing while I'm looking. None of these things move me. I found it. 
Oh, none of these things move me. I got the greater one inside. In power I abide. None of these things move me. And then you could break into praising the Lord, you know, praise. <laughs> it's not just a nifty thing to do. It's survival. When something hits you and knocks the wind out of you. Come on, are y'all with me? And you feel like, or you may find yourself in the floor in a puddle. You got a choice. Are you going to lay there and despair and quit? Or are you going to start praising God? Hmm? Are you going to start praising Him? You might not feel like singing a fast song. <laughs> Remember, you're in a puddle. But you can start somewhere. Remember David at the lowest point in his life? Remember when they burnt Ziklag? They burnt his house. They took his wife. They took his kids. And all the men, looks like they are stripped down to nothing. All Everything they love is gone. What did the Bible say? He, his men are talking about killing him and stoning him. Everybody's turned against him. Except his God. And the Bible said David encouraged himself in the Lord. And you can, if you read that passage, as he began to do that, he got enough strength to realize, I need to ask the Lord about this and believe he could get an answer. So he asked the Lord and the Lord gave him an answer. And then he had enough strength to believe, I need to do what the Lord told me to do. Can you see how he's at zero? He's at nothing. But when he began to encourage himself, and you can look in the Psalms. We have that, some of the actual Psalms that it looks like he encouraged himself and the Lord with. Sometimes he had talked to his soul. He'd say, soul? He's talking to his own soul. Why are you so cast down? Why are you so upset and disquieted within me? You better praise God. That's a Keith Moore paraphrase. You better give glory to God. You better praise God. What are, what are you doing? God's done too much for you. He's brought you too far. Maybe you got the wind knocked out of you. You're in that puddle. On the ground. Your face in the carpet. You can start saying, God has brought me through before. God has never left me. Never forsaken me. I will praise my God. No matter how I feel. I will praise my God. To me this is real. I will give glory. No matter what I see. And about that time you're going to start getting a little bit of quickening. Or a little bit of light. <laughs> I will give thanks for complete victory. Before long, you'll be up off of the carpet. You'll be up on your knees at least or sitting down or something. Don't stop now. God's bringing me through, showing me what to do. God's giving me strength. I can make it through. 
Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You might do that for 20 minutes. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Oh, hallelujah. You're picking me up. You're making me strong. You're giving me life. I'm singing this song. Oh, hallelujah. Now see, there's some strength in that. Can you see, you start to tap in. You start to tap in. But if you just lay there and cry and feel sorry for yourself, it's going to get worse. It's going to get much worse quick. Can you see this, friends? This is not just a nice thought. When the Lord tells us, rejoice all the time. Rejoice evermore. Give thanks all the time. It's not just a little pep talk. Not just a little nice idea. This is how you survive. This is how you make it through. And this is how you not just survive, but you thrive. You overcome. Say it out loud. The joy of the Lord is my strength. Glory to God. He said, the trial of your faith, much more precious than gold that perishes, though it be tried with fire, it'll be found to praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ, whom having not seen, you love, in whom though now you see him not, yet believing, you rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory. If you believe, what do you do? Rejoice. What if you're not rejoicing? Because you don't believe. And that's a problem. You can perish if you refuse to believe. They told Jacob, your boy's alive. And he's governor of Egypt. And what did Jacob do? He fainted. Why would you faint? Totally weak. Why is he totally weak? He doesn't believe. He doesn't believe them. I know the Lord showed me that back some 30 years ago when I first started ministering at Brother Hagin's healing school. I was so green trying to find the verses. And more than once, somebody would tell, I'd start to give them a verse and they'd finish it for me. And they'd say, yeah, I've been knowing that. One guy said, I was following Brother Hagin's ministry when your mother was changing your diaper. Well, I thought, okay, I need to find some new verses. Because they, they know all these and they're not impressed, you know. In my youth and inexperience. And I tried, actually tried to do that. Find some that weren't quite as well known. And the Lord quickened me in a time of prayer. He said, no, son, don't do that. He said, there's more than enough healing power in 1 Peter 2.24. Yeah. To heal everybody in the room. Yeah. Of everything. Yeah. Forever. Yeah. Don't need to find a new verse. He said, in fact. If somebody tells you the problem and you share with them what I said in my word and they're still upset, they don't need a new verse. They need to believe what I said. If they're still upset, they're still depressed, they don't believe it. When you're in need financially and the Lord says, I supply all your needs according to my riches and glory. And you're still upset, you don't believe that. With a long life, I'll satisfy you and show you my salvation. If you're still scared and upset, you didn't believe it. Because the moment you believe it 
It's good. Right? It means we're going to make it through this. We're, gonna, we're not going to die young. We're not going to die in middle age from this or that or this disease. We are overcomers. We, he's going to sustain us. We're going to live out our life. We're going to finish our race. We're going to finish our course. That's exciting. If you believe that, you go, yay. I'm going to make it. Well, hallelujah. Let's go ahead and celebrate. But if you go, well, I know all those verses are in there, but I just, you know, you don't know what the doctor said, and you don't know the percentages on this, and, and how many people don't make it. Well, this is the thing that the Lord is not going to fix for you. If you choose to be obstinate and unwilling to believe, you're stuck. You're stuck. All things are possible, not to everybody, but to a specific group. To who? Them that believe. How could we tell you believe? <laughs> it's going to make you glad. Is that right? Getting all my bills paid? I'm going to live a long time? Is that right? I'm healed? What's, why be depressed over that? What's there to be depressed over? <laughs> Yay. Glory to God. Finally there in, in, in Genesis, what happened is they had to show him something for him to get over his uh, fainting spell. Why did he faint? Why do people faint today? Because they don't believe. Oh, friend, you talk about a marvelous way to live. A way to truly live above it all. Now Phyllis and I, don't, we don't begin to claim that we've arrived. But we have gotten so much word fed into us over these past four decades. And, and this is, we live it, breathe it, think it 24-7. And there's been several things in recent times that, you know, a lot of times people would have just fainted and fell out. We just looked at each other and thought, we've been here before. God brought us through the last 483 times. Yeah. And he'll bring us through this time. Yeah. What's it time to do? Rejoice. TTR. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. What's it time to do? Rejoice. I'm about to see another miracle. I'm about to see the glory of God. I'm about to see another miracle. Whoo, look out. He's coming. Watch out. I said that didn't rhyme. I know. When it doesn't rhyme, that's fine. <laughs> I'm going over. I know that is true. I'm going over no matter what the devil do. It can even be bad English. Hey, it's your song. Who's going to tell you you're wrong? It's your song. Is that right? They can't tell you it's wrong. It's, it's your song. I'm going over and God will get the glory. I'm going over. This is my victory story. Yeah. Yeah. 
Finally, Genesis 45, 27, and I'm saying finally with the story in Genesis, not just a finally, finally. <laughs> Genesis 45, 27, Jacob's heart fainted in that previous verse, for he believed them not. When you don't believe, you faint. And they told him all the words of Joseph, which he had said to them. And he still didn't believe. But when he saw the wagons, <laughs> he saw the wagons full of stuff that Joseph had sent to carry them. And the spirit of Jacob, their father, revived. His spirit revived. Why did his spirit revive? He believed. He thought, he is alive. He is alive. And when he believed that, his spirit revived. And Israel said, that's enough. I believe it. Joseph, my son, is yet alive. I'm going to go see him before I die. And he did. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Go to the book of Acts. I will rejoice every day. I will rejoice where I stay. I will rejoice on my way. I will rejoice. I will rejoice in the morning time. I will rejoice at noon time. I will rejoice. At bedtime, I will rejoice all the time, because God is good, and God is great, and God is strong in me. I will rejoice, this is my choice, I will rejoice. There are a million and one ways to rejoice yes. throughout every day, yes. throughout every night. Yes. That's why I'm not always where I can sing. Then you go, hmm, 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 rejoicing inside. People look at you and just go, oh, yeah. hey. Isn't this better than them looking at you half a day and then finally coming over and going, is anything wrong? What's wrong? Nothing. That's a bad witness. That's acting just like unregenerate unbelievers. Bad witness. The goodness of God draws people. Hallelujah. People want to they want to see victory. They want to see life. There's far too much depression and sadness in the world. They need a break. You are that break. I said, you are that break. When you come in, that's you. Always up. Always. Got something good to say. Always positive. Why? Because you're a believer. In the book of Acts... And the 27th chapter. 
I tell you, before we read this, I'll read you another verse. Did you find Acts 27? Put up on the screen for us, please, Proverbs 15. Proverbs 15 says in the 13th uh, verse, A merry heart makes a cheerful countenance. But by sorrow of heart, what happens? The spirit is broken. Sorrow is no joke. It is internally crippling, incapacitating. The sorrow of the world, was 2 Corinthians 7.10, I believe, the sorrow of the world works death. It's not a harmless thing to walk around and grieve over something all the time. And I'm not just talking about grieving about someone that died. You can grieve because you didn't get that car you wanted. You can grieve and sorrow because you didn't get that promotion you wanted. You can grieve and sorrow for because you made a B instead of an A. Well, I have a right to. No, you don't. That's just your pride. You need to kill that pride. Take a great big spike and drive it through the head and go, die. <laughs> no, this hurts me so bad. This is because you're so proud. Kill it. <laughs> you made a B. Get over it. Well, I made an effort. I don't care. Well, you need something else. <laughs> we had to work on you from the other side. <laughs> but one thing's for sure. Being upset, being mad, being angry, being depressed is not going to help. It's going to hurt. It's not faith. The only reason you do it is because you don't believe. A merry heart makes a, a cheerful countenance, but a, by sorrow of the heart, the spirit is broken. People all over the place that are just broken inside. And they say, well, I, I need ministry. I need help. Well, God does heal broken hearts. But until you choose to quit yielding to sorrow and grief, any ministry you get is going to be very temporary. Because any help you get, you're going to throw it away when you get back home and yield to depression again. And you're going to always be a broken person as long as you yield to this. I don't care what happened. How horrible it may have been. You don't have to live under a cloud. You don't have to live. Is Jesus bigger than this? Is he or not? Yes. Is the greater one inside you greater? Yes. Greater. Yes. You're of God. And you have overcome them. Because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. If it's in the world, if it happened in this world, the one inside you is bigger. Bigger, he's greater. You can't overcome it. But you got to choose. Got to make up your mind. Quit thinking about it. Quit talking about it. Quit wallowing in it. Rejoice. Rejoice. All the time. Quick to smile. Quick to laugh. Quick to shout. Quick to dance. Quick to sing. Quick. Not slow. Quick. 
Some folks have been frowning so long. Their smiling muscles are completely without tone. It feels unnatural to smile to them because they hadn't smiled in years. <laughs> That's sad, but you can overcome. Young's literal translation says a joyful heart, and this is a very accurate translation, a joyful heart makes glad the face. Well, I'm, you know, they come in looking all sour. Well, I'm, I'm glad in my heart. Uh-uh. No, we ain't going to let you by with that. We got scripture that says, if it's in the heart, shows up on the face. I know I don't look like it, but boy, I've all kind of joy going on in here. I just, no, 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 no. A joyful heart makes, everybody say makes, makes, makes glad the face. But by grief of heart, the spirit is smitten. It hurts your spirit. Depression and sadness and sorrow. No. Well, why would the heart be glad? What makes the heart glad? Believing good things. Believing the good news. Believing. Acts 27, are you there? Yes. This is the story of the great ocean voyage of Paul and the company and the Roman guards and the captain and sailors of a ship. This would have been a, for the day, large commercial vessel full of cargo and also passengers, hundreds of people. This would have been, you know, this would have been like in our day a 747. They didn't have planes back then, but this would have been big ocean-going vessel. And uh, Paul, as you know, is a prisoner. He said, I appeal to Caesar in one of those court sessions. And by, since he was a citizen, he had that right. And so they had to, by law, take him to Rome. It's like appealing your case to the Supreme Court. He did. And this is no accident. Back on the road to Damascus. Remember the Lord Jesus told him when he got born again. He said you're going to bear my name in front of kings. Amen. It's part of the plan. And so they're all on this ship. Everything seems fine. But when they got to this certain place on their journey. Paul tried to warn the uh, captain of the guard and the captain of the ship, he said, sirs, I perceive that this voyage is going to be with much hurt and damage, loss of the ship, loss of our lives. But the Bible said the centurion believed the master of the ship more than this preacher. He thought, what does he know? He just in no hurry to get to Rome. He's trying to drag this out, whatever he thought. Anyway, he didn't listen to it. So they pushed on. And they didn't like the island where they were. It was not a resort place. Not a good place to spend the winter. And so they thought, well, at least we'll get to this. And the weather's good. Wind's blowing softly. Everything's great. This preacher don't know a thing in what he's talking about. But they didn't realize it wasn't just this preacher talking. 
It was the Spirit of God. Well, not long after they left, they got caught up in this storm. It was a hurricane. And it pulled them away from their route and they're tossed and they're turned for weeks. You can imagine they're actually in the storm being carried with the storm. So they ain't getting out. The storm's moving, but they're moving with it. Well, uh, Acts 27, 18. We being exceedingly tempest-tossed, the next day they lightened the ship. This would be by today's standard, if you lightened the ship, you pushed all of the containers overboard. This was big money. But why would you do that? You think if you don't, you're going to die. So they push it all overboard. They lighten the ship. 19. The third day, we cast out with our own hands a tackling of the ship. Now that's the stuff you need to handle the sails with and make the boat operate. You're throwing over vital equipment. Why? Because throwing all the stuff is not enough. You still think you're going to go, you're going to sink just any any minute or hour. Verse 20, when neither sun nor stars in many days appeared and no small tempest lay on us, all hope that we should be saved was then taken away. They are at a low place. They are completely without any hope or expectation that they're going to survive this. Pretty much everybody has understand we're dying out here. This is it. And verse 21, but after long abstinence, Paul apparently got somewhere, maybe in the heart of the ship where he could pray. Don't you know that was <laughs> bouncy and uncomfortable. And after a long time, he came and said, sirs, you should have listened to me. Now I've heard people say, never tell somebody I told you so. <laughs> well, Paul did. Don't make verses out of things that are not verses. <laughs> he said, you should have listened to me. Well, should he have listened to him? And not loosed from Crete and to have gained this harm and loss. In other words, if they'd listened to what he told them, they'd have completely missed the storm. Is it important that we're led by the Spirit of God? Is it possible that the Spirit of God can move in a special way to lead you and you completely ignore it and go off and perish? And people say, wonder why God let that happen. Well, wonder why you didn't listen. He was protecting, but you have to listen. And since uh, Paul wasn't in charge of the boat, he's along for the ride. Bad ride. Keep reading. And now I exhort you to what? 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 To do what? Be of good cheer. Now you'll find this. I just just a casual look. Matthew nine, Matthew fourteen, Mark six, John sixteen. Acts 2, all these and many more places, all except Acts, Jesus told people, fear not, be of good cheer. 
You ever heard this before? Fear not. Be of good cheer. We need to analyze that. Why would he tell you that? Fear not. Be of good cheer. Cheer up is another way of saying believe. And be strong. Why would you cheer up? He's about to tell them. I mean, if you believe you're about to die out here and you're about, about to sink and you're about to be bobbing up and down like a cork out in the middle of this hurricane with sharks on the bottom and lightning bolts on top, is that going to cheer you up? No. So why would you cheer up in the midst of this? Because you believe something else. You believe another outcome. He said, I exhort you to be of good cheer, for there shall be no loss of any man's life among you, but of the ship. We're going to lose the ship? Why? Because you should have listened to me. You're going to lose your ship. But we, uh, now we need, let me touch on this just a little bit more. This is also why Paul didn't just stand on the deck and said, peace. Be still. It's not a matter of just saying something off the top of your head. In every situation, you have to check in with him. See what he directs you to do. And if at this point you're going to say, well, I'm going to believe we're not going to lose the ship. No, you're going to lose the ship because you didn't listen. If you'd listened, you wouldn't have lost anything. And the only reason everybody's not dying is because of the mercy of God. And because this man of God has prayed. And God's heard him. Are y'all with me, friends? I know that's thought provoking, but I said it on purpose. We need to be thinking about these things. Sometimes people just rattle off things off the top of their head. And they ignored what God said. And they're going to try to use another verse. No, you can't ignore what God said and try to use different verses. Important to be led all the time, every day, every night. He said, be of good cheer. Everybody say, cheer up, cheer up. Cheer up. Cheer up. Are they able to cheer up? We're going to see it in just a minute. It must be a choice. Be of good cheer. There will be no loss of any man's life among you, but of the ship. Now, the storm is still just as bad. Everything looks just as bad. So you got a choice, don't you? This wide-eyed preacher telling us we're all going to make it. Or look at the storm. You're a sailor, maybe. You worked these seas for years. You know. This is it. You don't come out of this. But if you believe we're all going to make it, what do we do? Hallelujah. We're all going to make it. Even if you're throwing up over the side, holding onto the rail, waves hitting you now, you go, ha, we're going to make it. Yay. We're going to make it. You do cheer up. What if you don't cheer up? You didn't believe it. You didn't believe what you heard. He said, there stood by me this night an angel of God, whose I am and whom I serve. And he said to me, Paul need to hear it too. What did he say? Fear not. Fear not. For you must be brought before Caesar. 
And lo, look, behold, God has given you all them that are sailing with you. They don't know how glad they should be that this preacher is on this boat. It is the only reason they're going to live through this. You know, unbeknownst to many people, you and I can be in a similar way when we step on a bus, when we step on a train, when we step on a plane. Come on, are you with me? If we're in faith like we need, listening to God and doing what he told us to do, everybody on board could be affected. It's possible. He said, the angel said, fear not, Paul. You can fear or you can cheer. You can fret and fear or you can be of good cheer. It is a choice. Now people will try to tell you, I can't help it. I, I'm sorry. Don't give me your little, little pep talk about cheering up. If you're going through what I was going through, you wouldn't cheer up either. I can't cheer up. Leave me alone. That's a lie. The reason you won't cheer up is because you refuse to believe. And if you do, you're stuck. You're stuck in your situation. You'll get no help. It's a choice. I said it's a choice. Believing is a choice. Faith is a choice. If they could choose to cheer up in this terrible situation, then you and I can choose to cheer up in our situation. The angel said, fear not, Paul. You've got to be brought before Caesar. And you can tell that word got in him. You know that went all the way back to when he got born again on the road to Damascus. He thought, I have an appointment in Rome. And nothing can keep me from it. Hallelujah. Nothing can keep me from it. You know, even after they got out of the, the storm, he got on that island and got snake bit. By a poisonous viper that everybody knows. He bites you, you're dead. But it was still true. I got an appointment in Rome. Storms can't stop me. Snakes can't stop me. I have an appointment in Rome. And the Lord said, I've got to make that appointment. So nothing can stop me. Nothing can take me out. Well, friend, you can do the same thing. You can say, I got a call on my life. I'm not finished with what I'm put here to do. Come on, are you listening? Nothing can stop me from fulfilling my course. Nothing. Well, nothing bigger than God. But in order for his power to find access into your situation, you have to choose to believe. And the thing that indicates that as much as anything is that you choose to rejoice. You choose to cheer up. You can fret and fear, or you can be of good cheer. <laughs> Verse 25, he said it again. Wherefore, sirs, what did he say? In case you didn't get it. Wherefore, sirs, do what? Be of good cheer. Be of good cheer. Why? Because I believe God. Yes. It's going to be just like it was told me. What? We all going to make it. Yes. Yeah. We all going to make it. They needed to hear it again down in Verse 33. While the day was coming on, they're still in the middle of this hurricane. Paul besought them all to take food. He said, this is the 14th day. 14 days they've been in the middle of this. You've tarried and continued fasting, having taken nothing. Nobody's eating. Wherefore, I pray you take some food, for this is for your health, 
for there shall not a hair fall from the head of any of you. When he had thus spoken, he took bread, he gave thanks to God in the presence of them all, and nobody ignored him. He's praying right out loud, and everybody's very respectful. Different than when they left port. And he, he, he broke it, they begin to eat. Verse 36, verse 36, verse 36. And they were what? Pitching up and down. In the middle of the storm, they are all of good cheer. What do we know? They believe God. They believe this word God gave them through the angel, through Paul. They believe it. They're hanging on. Salt water slapping them in the face. Smiling at each other. (laughs) I'll see you on the other side, man. We're going to make it. We're going to make it. We're going to make it. Yeah, that man said, the angel said, I believe it. We're going to make it. We're going to make it. When you believe it, you cheer up. Oh, listen to this. Listen to this. Listen to this. Cheer is stronger than fear. This is how you can overcome being afraid. Cheer is stronger than fear. The joy of the Lord is your strength. Even if you feel paralyzed. You begin to rejoice because what he said to you and it gives you the strength to completely overcome fear no matter what your situation is. Somebody said they were all of good cheer. And there were in all the ship 200, three score and 16 souls. Hundreds of people. Well, without going through all of it, verse 44, the last verse, what does it say? The rest, some got on boards, the ship went down, some on broken pieces of the ship. And so it came to pass that they escaped all safe to land. This is supernatural. How many? 200, three score, 16 souls. Every one of them made it. Why? When did the breakthrough come? How we know they believed? When they cheered up. up. Quit crying. Quit screaming. Quit being afraid. Quit being depressed. Quit being hopeless. And cheered up. And ate some bread. And smiled at each other. And told each other we're going to make it. Oh come on can you see this? It gave them the strength. Not only to make it the rest of the storm, but when the ship broke up, they had the strength to swim, they had the strength to get to the planks and the pieces of boat, they had the strength to get to the island, every one of them made it. Hallelujah. Said out loud, cheer Cheer. is greater, is stronger than fear. Stand on your feet please. Glory to God. I gave you some extra tonight, but you act like you wanted it. Oh, somebody say, thank you, Lord. I will rejoice in the Lord always, all the time. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Hallelujah.
This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.